though the um, decided advantage of being fired is I now no longer have to lie to work about going to Boston this weekend. Yeah, yeah, there is that. <laughs> Maybe they knew. It's not, they didn't, but... <laughs> Tuning into Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomWearPod. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, is my killer co-host, August. I couldn't think of anything that was relevant to these episodes. I figured you were going to go with that one. Like, I saw it coming a mile away. Also, you <laughs> forgot the bit where you were going to introduce me as September. Um, but anyway. No <laughs> but anyway. Well, no one ever, no one seemed to notice that I killed you at the end of the last episode. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm on my yellow life now. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Anyway, yes. Hello, I'm August. You can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora. You can find uh, a whole bunch of other shit that I'm a part of over at Stones underscore standing on Twitter. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and I definitely haven't actually murdered a man yet in Minecraft. <laughs> well, I think here's the thing. I was like, oh, does that mean I'm on my last life from the under? I have never watched any of these things, just my understanding of how you've <laughs> described it. But frankly, what it probably is, is I'm some kind of terrible mob that wanders the game. I am the Enderman <laughs> who just comes along and fucks shit up. And then you get put in a boat because for some reason you can put mobs in boats and they just sit there. <laughs> I've put you in a boat and now you're editing podcasts. Um, if I could harness the power of it. Can I edit a podcast using redstone? I, mean, I don't understand Minecraft enough, but it seems like I saw a Pokebands working that way one time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Minecraft. You would have I, I don't feel like there's enough. RAM dedicated to Minecraft for you to be able to run Reaper in Minecraft, but I'm sure, like, technically speaking, it could be done. <laughs> Get on it, modders. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Cartoon news. Do we have any cartoon news? Cartoonbrew.com. Um, ba 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 uh, does, oh, oh, Guillermo del Toro's version of Pinocchio is apparently coming to Netflix. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will actually be extremely charming because he really only has the two modes. And I don't think he would make like weird fucked up Pinocchio. That just doesn't seem like his vibe. No, but at the same time, like it's probably going to deal very compassionately with the themes of like what it means to be human and like how people get treated differently and get dehumanized and things like that. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be good. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I don't think, I've never seen anything bad from Guillermo del Toro, so. Um, oh, also apparently a full 87-minute animatic of the, like, I guess, scrapped Gendy Tartakovsky version of Popeye has leaked onto the internet. I haven't watched it yet, but I can, you know what? If anyone was going to make a Popeye movie, fucking Gendy Tartakovsky is probably the one to do it. Oh man, that that sounds like a lot. <laughs> um, been watching bits and pieces of Primal season two. I have to sit down and watch it, but I've been, been enjoying that quite a bit. Um, let's see. I don't think there are any other big bits of cartoon news. Um, what have you been? Any cartoons you've been watching this week, August? Oh, Brian, you know the answer to that. You and the viewers it, both know the answer to that. August um, is still poisoned by Minecraft. I I still have the Minecraft brain worms. I have mainlined uh, a couple of uh, points of view for Third Life, Last Life, and Double Life. Um, Anya and I are watching some Hermitcraft together. Um, it's bad. It's so bad. Brian... Last month, I wrote 34,500 words of finished fanfic. Finished. This isn't including, like, the <laughs> notes and shit for stuff that hasn't been finished yet. 34,500 words. That's my most productive month on, on record. Brian, I have brain worms so fucking bad. <laughs> it's awful. That they've turned you into a functional person. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I, I still couldn't do NaNoWriMo. Like, I can't do a full NaNoWriMo to save my life. You could hold a gun to my head. I wouldn't be able to do it. But um, <laughs> that's the closest I've ever come. Previously, my best month on record was like 31,000 uh, 31, words. So, um, nice, And that, nice, was, nice. that was actually the, the month that I did NaNoWriMo. And I did a bunch of uh, Secret Druid stuff that month as well. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, other than that, um, Anya and I have been making noises about trying to watch Stranger Things um, quasi together. It's one of those things where we watch it separately and then come together to talk about it is what we're probably going to do. I've only ever seen season one. Uh, they've watched season one and I think most of season two. But uh, we're going to start from the beginning. We'll see how it holds up. Nice. At some point, I'll have to watch Stranger Things. The first season was fun. I'm sure it would be pretty good. Um, just not. I just I don't know. I guess I don't. As has been noted here, I mostly don't like things from the eighties. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like that's a big. I do selling like John point. Carpenter's music, though, like a lot. Um, also, when but I feel like writer. John Carpenter's music isn't really, it, it, I feel like his music is fairly timeless, mm -hmm. but that, but also I love like aggressive synth soundtracks. So, you know, yeah, aggressive synth soundtracks are pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, but please also, I submit for your consideration Winona Ryder as a MILF. I mean, yeah, I'm not here to doubt this. Like, that's fine. I, I but I don't need to watch a show to experience that. 
I can just look at Renona Ryder, Renona Ryder, and just know because, like, I've you know, I can see her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's fair, but you know, she's she she puts in a really good performance. Um, ah, fair, fair, fair. So, uh, at um, least in season one. Again, I haven't seen season two, nor season three, nor season four. So, I hear it's pretty good pretty much throughout like Scott's ups and downs. Yeah. I heard season four was, was uh, pretty darn good. I know there are a lot of memes uh, coming from season four. Um, I appreciate the revival of interest in Kate Bush's music uh, because mm-hmm. I love Kate Bush. I, I went through a period in my early twenties where virtually all I listened to was Kate Bush for about like three months straight. So yeah, um, I hope that this is, I hope, that there is more of an interest, like we get some more Kate Bush outside. Now, given running up that hill, absolute like God tier song. Yes. Um, but I hope that some folks get into more of her music because her whole yes. catalog is pretty fucking dope. It's really good. Um, fuck. What was the name of the album? I want to say it was like the Red Shoes. What's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the red it. shoes. Yeah. Or yeah. Um but um that album was really good as well. But I would like to I would like to posit that even though running up that hill is probably not about a T for T couple, running up that hill is definitely about a T for T couple. Right. Kate Bush is obviously gay culture. That's why I put it on the Pride playlist. Yes. <laughs> My pride playlist for nobody but me. Who gives I mean, a shit if there was a crowd of a thousand people there? That was my playlist. <laughs> it was it was a, a good playlist. I enjoyed it. Um, but anyway, what cartoons have you been watching, Brian? Surely something that's better than Minecraft YouTube. To be honest, I've been over the last couple of weeks, I've been way too busy to get into anything new valid um because i've just like i uh i crushed something into my brain the other day on hbo max but i can't remember what it was honestly man the interface sucks shit so so hard but hbo max is like maybe the outside you know outside of obviously using it for this like i use that service probably more than fucking anything (laughs) Because it's just got shit I like to watch on it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, I guess in cartoon new- news, the new season of Harley Quinn dropped, but I haven't watched any of the episodes yet. Um, Harley Quinn, a good cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, though I do hope that the... Uh, I have concerns about... HBO taking the wrong things from di- from things because with that upcoming Velma series, because mm. it's like an adult cartoon Velma series. Yeah, but also I guess if it canonizes us a gay Velma, you know I probably I like I had a lot I had serious concerns about the Harley Quinn cartoon as well, and I I rather enjoy it. So I mean, we'll just have to see. Also, mm-hmm. I just sent me what I, I just saw what you sent me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And 
I I have mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, yes, it's entertaining, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, like I'm thinking about Riverdale, the TV show, and how Jughead mm-hmm. absolutely should get in the giant fucking robot. <laughs> uh, have you ever? Have I ever sent you Super Eye Patch Wolf's video uh, about Riverdale? No. It is maybe one of my favorite Super Eye Patch Wolf videos. Uh, every time I get drunk, I put it on at parties. And no one likes it uh, because I'm <laughs> terrible to have around at parties. And I get drunk. I'm like, who wants to watch an hour long documentary about cryptocurrency? And everybody's like, no, bro. Why? What's wrong with you? Where's the remote? I ate it. Like, <laughs> I mean, um, I guess that I don't know if that's better or worse than the fact that I like to wait until like midnight at a party and then throw up uh, unedited footage of a bear. So dude, I love unedited footage. Of a it's bear so, so good. So good. It's the best thing. Oh, nobody appreciates um, it. Another, I guess, cartoon news thing. We're gonna get like, "Don't hug me, I'm scared." Is getting like a real television show release soon. What? Yeah, it's coming back. <laughs> oh, it's not shit. like a, they're not rebooting it. It's just like continuation of the series. Nice. Mm-hmm. I love "Don't hug me, I'm scared." It's very good. Um, but yeah, I don't, honestly, like, mostly just, just my regular, my regular YouTubes. I haven't gotten into weird YouTube holes. I finally got YouTube, I finally got out of YouTube gun, guns. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the problem with being, what I need to do is just start, like, a gun channel that's extremely leftist. uh, Yeah. And then go broke, because none of the gun companies will ever send me product to review. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I'm just like, I want information about this thing I'm interested in, but I would l- prefer if you weren't a piece of shit about it the whole time, you piece of shit. Um, let's see. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Just also wrestling, you know, wrestling's still there. Uh, SummerSlam was oh i guess a thing that happened in the intervening time between our last recording and this one vince mcmahon got fucking fired basically yep so the the goblin is fucking gone um so that's that's pretty fucking great uh SummerSlam was actually pretty okay had the wild finish to the match so it was Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the 842nd time um, in a last man standing match. And the I think it was a last time ever last man standing match. So like this is the yeah, as far as WWE is concerned, who, you know, who cares about their rules? But like this will be the last Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match. And it was fucking wild. Like. At one point, Brock Lesnar drove a tractor down to the ring and picked the ring up with the tractor and, like, almost flipped it over. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, okay, I can't believe you made me get, you made me love this this Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match, but holy shit, am I here for this. (laughs) So. uh, Overall, just, like, a really, you know 
wrestling getting into a pretty okay spot. Okay. Okay. Um, AEW also has pulled the trigger on their new t- uh, on their like homegrown talent. I feel like like last week's Dynamite, like all of the young guys who AEW has like you know who you know basically the not old WWE guys. It really felt like last week they were like we're pulling the trigger. All these dudes were time to put them in the front, the face of the major storylines. Mm-hmm. So that was really that was really uh good to see so pretty 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 stoked for that um all right that's about it uh let's get rumbling uh this week we are covering episodes 142 143 and 144 the big show pool hopping and letters to lars episode 142 this week it came out on march 26th or april 18th apparently on the cartoon man fucking release dates were terrible at this point in time i forgot how bad it was trying to watch the seat last season of the show um written and storyboarded by hillary florido and danny craig Steven shoots a documentary that follows the local a local band as they get their first big break. That is spot fucking on. Yeah. A plus. So the episode starts out with static. Uh, we are get filming this motherfucker on a big old VHS camera. Um, and we are covering the rise of Sadie Killer and the suspects. Um, we are in Sadie's uh, basement. Um, and everybody is just kind of like talking about the early days of their band. Uh, they, he, everybody is like, why is Steven recording this with such an old ass camera? Uh, And Steven replies that he, uh, wants it to look old and feel like their early days. Um, Sadie and the cool kids are all talking about how they can improve the, like improve their recording. I guess is I thought they were just kind of improving their set, but I guess they were improving their recording uh, when Barb walks in um, and realizes that Sadie is there with her band. um, And she also sort of remembers uh, that she had like promised Sadie that she wouldn't interfere or try and get, you know, get into her shit. Um, So she starts to back out. But Sadie says that, like, it's okay that, you know, they they were already finishing up. Um, Barb's like, it's okay if you want to play while I'm in the house. Like I, my, I've got bad hearing. It, it doesn't bother me. I'm trying to be like, you can like, I'm, you can do stuff while I'm around. I'm going to, I'm going to respect your boundaries, you know, um, the video cuts to static. And then we find Greg listening to, I guess, a recording of the working dead. Um, and, uh, he, Steven is trying to inform Greg that he should see, uh, Sadie Killer in the suspects live to, and then we hard cut to Greg doing that. Um, and they are playing a new song that we haven't heard before called Sadie Killer and the Suspects. Um, very sixties, sixties rock and roll, uh, vibe. And Greg is like, this is the dopest shit. Holy shit. You kids are great. Um, and he starts kind of waxing poetic about his old days. And they're like, you should be our manager, Greg. Like, you actually know what you're doing. We would appreciate your help and, like, your expertise in this. Um, 
and uh and basically they hire greg as their manager uh we hard cut to greg in the back of a van uh getting the the uh group a gig with his old friend uh, sunshine justice she owns a venue uh, in empire city uh we spoof on back to the future for just a second till greg's like uh, you know what i'm just gonna send you an mp3 uh sunshine justice replies like this recording sucks shit but holy fuck is this band good let's go ahead and get them on uh stage then we hard cut to the, the band uh getting their their plans together Basically, Greg is still a multimillionaire and is like, yeah, I'll just gonna buy you guys some equipment. <laughs> I'm very bad at spending money. Um, <laughs> let me just buy you some shit. Uh, everybody's, uh, then we cut to a little bit further on when uh, everybody's getting ready at the very, like, there's, I feels like it's like the day before the show uh they're getting the van packed and barb delivers the lasers and the fog of war fog machine um sadie doesn't want to tell barb that they've got like a big event in empire city uh though it is revealed to barb barb gets very excited she's like oh i can help like if you need help i can i can help like if you need to carry equipment and stuff like that um and then sadie gets upset um uh, shouting at barb uh and about how they had discussed about Barb overstepping Sadie's boundaries. Barb kind of takes a deep breath, gets her uh, gets her head together. She says, I understand uh, that you need your space. And so she she exits the scene. Uh, we cut to Sadie and Greg talking about um, basically talking about Sadie's relationship with her mom, how Sadie feels suffocated um, by Barb and Greg being like, you know, it, 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 the very least, though, it's pretty cool that your mom is into the stuff that you do because my parents fucking hated when I played music. They never came to one of my shows. They didn't want to hear about it. They didn't. They would rather I be doing anything the fuck else. Um, Sadie sort of contemplates that. Uh, we get a little bit of fun in the van heading to the gig, and then we are at the gig, everybody getting ready. Buck Dewey does not know how to tie a tie. Uh, Sadie is putting on her makeup when uh, and looking out at the crowd when she spots a lady that is Barb in disguise, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Sadie gets real fucking mad, um, but we she doesn't have time to process that because we've got to get on stage, and we see a performance of g g, -G ghost um, by Sadie Killer and the Suspects, a song about feeling uh, invisible or not be people not seeing the real you. Um, it they slay. Um, they're backstage uh, when the disguised Barb appears. Sadie is about to say something to her and then realizes that or Greg brushes past him going sunshine. And that's sunshine justice. Sunshine justice like you kids, you rock. Um, you're welcome at my venue anytime. Uh, we cut to a little bit later. Everybody's asleep in the van. We're heading back to Beach City. Uh, Sadie talks about how, like, it felt so weird. Like, she put so much energy into it, like, thinking that her mom was there. And it was weird because she want like, uh, part of her wanted her to be there to see this big gig of theirs. Um, and Steven's like, well, maybe she can just come next time. Like, it's not like it's your last gig ever. And Sadie's like, yeah. And then uh, she asks Greg to butch book their next show in Beach City. Uh, literal star wipe at the end. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, hmm? 
I'm so happy to see another Sadie Killer episode. <laughs> I think we get one more instance of Sadie Killer and the suspects because they're it's definitely like they definitely perform during the movie. Which actually is one of my favorite Sadie Killer and the Suspect songs. But they're all very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I don't I, I'm assuming that the Sadie Killer and the Suspects music is done by the band. Um Uh, it doesn't actually say who, hmm, the wiki doesn't say who composed the songs, so yeah. I assume, let's see if, let me click on Working Dead and see if it doesn't have, sorry, give me just a second, I'm trying to, yeah, no, it doesn't. Rude. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Oh, well, uh, I, I mean, I would assume that because the composers on here, like listed on the soundtrack of volume two are um, Avi and uh, Shirashu, who are the like standard composers. Mm-hmm. Then Ben Levin, Jeff Liu and Rebecca Sugar. So... Ben Levin might have been, if I had to guess from like the backgrounds of everybody, I would say it's some combination of Ben Levin and Rebecca Sugar, but also Avian Shirashu. I don't know. They probably all worked together. Like it just, uh, they have such a tonal difference compositionally speaking to everything else in the show Mm -hmm. that it doesn't necessarily feel like the, cause like almost everything is a comp, like almost all of the songs basically in Steven universe are like a combination of Rebecca sugar and Avi and Shirashu. Um, but these don't feel like, cause I've heard a lot of Rebecca sugar's songs, and I've heard a lot of Avi and Shirashu and the Sadie Killer and the Suspect stuff doesn't fundamentally feel like their compositional styles. Yeah. So, um, but if you have more, if you're listening to this and you've got better information than this, fucking tweet me or not tweet me, probably get, it's up on our Discord, the link you can find in the description of the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... But, uh, yeah, Sadie Killer and Suspects, great. I like this. The, so the thing that's really striking about this that I kind of noticed in this episode and the next episode. No, no, not the next episode. Letters to Lars um, was like it feels like the shot composition is getting extremely complicated, like in a good way. Like it feels very mature shot composition, especially like when we hit the like the actual concert, like the whole camera feel feels entirely different. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, too bad this show gets canceled in a few episodes. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. I I deeply enjoyed the uh, VHS camera as a framing device as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Though I would have preferred for it to have been in four by three ratio for most of the time. Yes, well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was wide for there was widescreen format VHS, but probably your average consumer camcorder was not going to be widescreen format. What if it was Betamax? <laughs> I don't um, think was that you could actually, three. was it four by three? Okay. Yep. I don't know that there were any camcorders that were actually Betamax either, but it would there be were. hilarious. Actually, beta, there are more camcorders that are Betamax formatted uh, because hmm. Betamax, uh, like the beta format turned into like the primary format for uh, like news and like production work. Beta form beta didn't actually technically die. It just became like not consumer. Yeah. So I guess there probably are wide format beta cameras, but like Greg's not going to own one. No, 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 no. (laughs) There's your weird knowledge about outdated technology from your boy. Um, I don't know. Just like it's real. Like this is just like such a great little episode that this is, you know, frankly, the closest we're probably going to get to a, an episode that does not actually feature Steven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it's... The, like, you can tell... Yeah. No, go ahead. In this, like, for whatever reason in the season... I mean, I get why. It's a fun, compelling story. But, like, the the Crooniverse is extremely interested in, like, getting Sadie's story told in this season because we don't like none of the other background characters or what have you get like an episode that is about them and not like that doesn't actually feature Steven because we don't learn shit about Steven universe this year this episode (laughs) yeah this honestly this episode kind of reminds me of the uh, the Ronaldo documentary episode um, yeah, and I almost wonder if they're they're meant to be kind of bookends uh, in some respects because you know mm-hmm. Ronaldo is a very different producer from Steven. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this is this is the closest we get to to an episode of Doctor Who that doesn't feature the Doctor, um, <laughs> which tend to be they are frequently interesting episodes. Yeah. So. But this, no, this is a great little episode. I love it. Mm hmm. Also, we get to see like all of the character evolutions, you know, like the cool kids. I mean, the cool kids are probably pretty much fundamentally who they were. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, we get to see Barb is trying. She's yeah. not always succeeding, but she's trying. Yeah. I mean, she's got like, I can understand getting excited that your kid has a fucking gig in basically New York. You know what yeah. I mean? That's a pretty big fucking deal. But when she gets called, like, she backs down. She backs off. She does the, you know, after getting a little overexcited, does, you know, center herself and respect Sadie's boundaries. Yeah. Um. Oh, actually, let me click on uh, fucking what's her shit. Also Whatever, love sunshine. that. Love that she's making a salad that's mostly cheese. Like, yes. Fucking. 
Yeah. I would love to eat dinner with you, Barb. <laughs> um. I also just oh really my appreciate God. what. Would you like to guess who is the voice actor for Sunshine Justice? Uh, who? G- give me a, uh, it, it is somebody famous, uh, in music. In music, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the problem, Brian. I mm-hmm. know very, is it Lady Gaga? I feel like no. that's the only. It's Joan Jett. What? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's Joan fucking Jed. <laughs> fucking incredible. For real. <laughs> like, Jesus. Oh my God. Because I was like, because I was like, oh, initially I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if they just gave Sunshine Justice the same voice act? Because that's why I was looking. I was like, I wonder if they gave Sunshine Justice. Like Barb, like it's just Barb's voice actress mm-hmm. doing a different accent. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. think that would personally be funny, since they're they, they they obviously designed the characters to look alike. Um, but yeah, it's fucking wild. Wow. Anyways, what was the thing that you were saying before I lost my mind? Um, I was just going to say that um, I do deeply appreciate how supportive Greg is, mm-hmm. although like I think that the show unintentionally shows how or maybe intentionally uh, how you really need money and connections to to really break out in the music industry for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, most music, most music scenes are extremely small, even on a national level. Mm-hmm. So it does help to have somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I feel like that's the same with any creative pursuit. You you basically need to have money and connections to be able to to do anything high profile. With very few exceptions that typically prove the rule. Yeah. Um, also, Mystery Girl makes a cameo in the audience. Oh, I didn't see her. Yeah. So, this is the only other time we see her. Oh, <laughs> rip. Rip Pearl's love life. Uh, you know what? Don't, don't, don't write it off just yet. We're gonna find out some fun stuff next time we record. <laughs> is that why, is that why Pearl has a cell phone? Because she's been getting... All, all kinds of girls' numbers. There's a great joke coming up next week, August. Oh, boy. <laughs> um. Um. Also, love the duality of parenting. You're either overbearing or you don't give a shit. <laughs> I feel like Greg gives a shit for sure. Oh, no. But, you know, talking about, like, the difference between Barb and Greg's parents. Yeah. Um, Greg I mean, definitely it's interesting because like I mean we talk about Greg being like the best TV dad right mm-hmm. but um we're gonna like we sort of we th- there's some interesting 
dissection about Greg's attitude toward parenting that's going to come up when we get to future. That's very fun. That it, it kind of has a lot of uh, gestation from this conversation he had with Sh- with Sadie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes the way you learn how to parent is by looking at what your parents did and go, not that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah, I don't um, have much. I, I, like, it's a great episode for Sadie, but I don't know if it's, like, it really, I feel like it really helps her character. Like, Sadie's, arc, Sadie's show-long arc basically is complete here. Yeah. Oh, also, um, I did. Oh, go on. Sorry. No, I did. I did enjoy how you know Greg was talking about how they got better cameras, and when the new show, uh, when the show kicked in, uh, we went from the VHS uh, of Steven's camera to the high def of the cameras mm-hmm. that Greg was certainly using to record the show. Yeah, um, and I think like I mean, smart. the The thing is like Greg has money and connections, but also has like a knowledge of scrappy DIYness and what actually works too. That's very interesting. That would make him very desirable as a manager, frankly. Mm-hmm. Cause like, he's like, Oh yeah, this is a visual band. We need to get the video of these guys up ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is, you know, smart move. If you have a very visual band videos work really well. Shout out yeah. to my, my boys in summoners circle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, oh, also, uh, I remember, you remember last time I promised you about Sadie, Sadie's going to get over, start to get over Lars, our stink boy. Yes. Yeah. This happened. This is what I was referring to when Sadie like blushes deeply when, um, uh, uh, is it Kiki? Is that the sister that's in the band? Or Jenny? No, this one's Jenny. Yeah, this one's Ginny, because the other one's Kiki, because that one's Kiki's pizza delivery service. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when Ginny, like, hugs uh, Sadie, Sadie's like, oh, man, gets all flustered about it. Don't you know you shouldn't date your bandmates? Oh, you certainly shouldn't. Um, though, arguably, I feel like uh, when Ari and I were in a band together, it went just fine. <laughs> He and I had a very weird relationship when it came to art, so. You just gotta be comfortable being extremely brutally honest uh, with your with your significant other. I feel like it's less about, like, being comfortable being being honest and more about, like, Worrying about custodial privileges. Uh, that's fair. Listen, I have a podcast that went through a breakup. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. All right. I don't think I have anything else for Sadie Killer or the big show here. I do not either. All right. Moving on to episode 143, Pool Hopping. 
um, came out on TV April 23rd, 2018, uh, written by Katie Mitroff, Paul Velico, and Joe Johnston. Garnet and Steven explore the most unlikely timelines in Beach City. That's also pretty much spot on. Yeah. Um, Steven is writing a top lion. Uh, Steven writing a top lion. He is viewing Beach City from the lighthouse's hill. Uh, he's reminiscing about how much has changed lately and guessing that because of all of the abductions uh, that happened, things couldn't really return to normal. Steven and uh, Lion are just kind of cruising around town when they uh, uh, they pass by. Basically, we kind of get like a, a, a quick cut of um, everything changing. We get like Nanafwa uh, organizing citizens, um, waiting at Buck Dewey and Sour Cream. Uh, Steven is like, I wish I could go to the Big Donut, but it's closed because no one works at the Big Donut anymore, I guess, because they only have the two employees. Um, Lion drops Steven off near the Big Donut, where he observes that there are customers leaving with food. He goes in to find Garnets working there? And a big, just a big, big Donut uniform. Um... Uh, he goes to ask Garnet a bunch of questions, but Garnet tells Stephen that he's got to wait his turn. Uh, she then completes a transaction with a customer and greets <laughs> Stephen. Uh, he tells Garnet that he never thought she'd see he'd see her working here, uh, and asks if the family has fallen on hard times. Uh, Garnet tells Stephen this isn't about uh, making ends meet; it's about being random. Basically, Garnet then expl- uh, then explains using a bunch of coffee poured out over on the ground. Um, how her future vision works, um, like, basically, like, time is a stream with a bunch of, like, uh, legs that come off of it, um, and she is exploring the different pools, the, the different ram- random, uh, possibilities of time with her future vision, um, uh, Basically, she's trying to, like, just see some unforeseen paths, so she's being super fucking random. Uh, Steven asks Garnet if she wants to do stuff that she usually doesn't, just to see what would happen. Garnet's like, hell yeah, let's fucking go. She, Dragon Ball Z explodes the big donut uniform off of herself. Um, And, uh... Stephen asks if they're going to clean up the coffee. Garnet says that's what they would normally do uh, and that they should see what happens to the world if they don't. The two then watch as a drop of coffee slowly falls from the counter to the floor and Garnet says that they are now dwelling in a totally new pool of improbability that her future vision is useless against. Uh, <laughs> and then they decide to head out. Uh, Stephen says, like, hey, what do we want to do now? Garnet's like, no, 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 no. I can't make any decisions. Um, and, oh, nope, sorry, my bad. Garnet says that they should order some food, but instead of selling it, she's, uh, oh, okay, sorry. She suggests that they should order some food instead of selling it, suggesting that should do pizza. Steven says that, uh, Garnet's talking his language and pulls out his phone and he starts ordering. Uh, he calls fish stew pizza the only pizza. I don't know why he has to clarify in this description that they call fish stew pizza as though there is another pizza place in the entire fucking world of Steven Universe. Um, I guess there is one other one where it's it's in um, Jersey where it's square. 
Um, Kiki answered the phone. They ordered just a bunch of fucking pizzas. Uh, way too many pizzas to eat. And they start distributing the pizzas. Just fucking yeeting pizzas at motherfuckers as they walk through um, the world. Uh, as they're walking through, uh, they get uh, near... Um, Onion's house, they go to visit Vidalia, thinking like, hey, do you want a fucking pizza? Um, uh, Garnet uh, confuses Onion with uh, with Lars, uh, which also confuses Vidalia. Uh, Vidalia talks about how she's um, basically... Uh, uh, she she's kind of having um a little bit of like work uh she's getting a little bit burned out. <laughs> Sorry, I cannot get my fucking thoughts together here. Um on the work that she's doing, uh, which is a still life of a stool, but she just doesn't really feel inspired by it. Garnet hands the pizza to Steven, then poses dramatically and tells um Vidalia to paint her like one of her amethysts. Steven then poses as well. Uh and Vidalia gets a, uh, gets a sketch going. Uh, all of a sudden, they see just an adorable little one-eyed kitten. It's really, really, it's a really cute kitten. Little calico-looking dealio. Um, and Garnet's like, hey, hey, Steve, hey, 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 Steven, do you think we should, uh, hey, Steven, you think we should go chase that fucking cat? And Steven's like, uh, yeah, I think we should go chase that fucking cat. And so they go to try and catch that cat. Um, it runs into the woods where we find, like, a whole host of kittens. Um, they are just covered up with cats. Um, they kind of collect all of them, and, uh, they are real hungry and helpless. They're just, like, real pitiful little babies. Um, he says that they probably now need to stop being random and figure out what they need to do with this, uh, with all these kittens, and asks Garnet to use her future vision to figure out what they need to do. Garnet is losing it at this point, though, and she breaks down because she, she doesn't know what to do and she doesn't know anything anymore. Thunder is heard as the rain starts. Um, Steven asks if she owes, she's OK. So he shields them with his shield from the rain. And Garnet admits that lately she feels lost. Uh, oh, apparently gives me the full fucking quote here. Uh, it basically, how Garnet goes about it is like, so many, th like, Stephen has made so many decisions that she didn't expect. Giving himself up to Homeworld, coming back through Lion. Uh, the future that he has created is so improbable that she didn't see it coming at all, and now she can't understand where the timeline is going. They're on the outskirts of what was possible, and they she just simply doesn't know what to do, and everyone's looking to her for answers, and she just really can't handle it anymore um it's so hard for her uh to just be simp just to simply be um she you know she says that i love i want to love being alive i want to love that there are so many possibilities uh but i'm the one with disabilities so i've got to be our guide I thought if I could use my future vision to jump into improbable futures, I could get out ahead of the next unexpected change, but I don't know what I'm doing here. I can't tell what's po what's possible anymore. Anything could happen. Anything could happen to these cats. Um, Steven admits that it's true, but also suggests that instead of thinking of all the things that could happen, they should just 
pick one of the things they want to happen and and he asks her what he ha- she wants to do next garner replies that she wants to get these cats out of the rain causing Ka- steven to oh summon his shield as an umbrella um he then asks what she wants to do next causing garnet to smile later on inside of vidalia's garage steven is speaking with someone on the phone and garnet is setting up a little box full of kittens and vidalia is standing nearby watching steven hangs up and shortly after and gives them the news the animal shelter is going to come get them cats um uh, they said that they can come pick up the cats the next day. Garnet and Vidalia are both, both glad to ke- uh, hear this as Vidalia walks away. Steven dotes over the little kittens, um, telling them that they're going to be just fine. Seeing this, Garnet finally realizes why her future vision's been off. She has to change the way that she thinks about Steven. She explains to a confused Steven that she's been looking into probable futures where he acts like a child and expects him to run from responsibility, to turn to her for help. But he doesn't do that anymore. And as such, her future vision just doesn't work that way because she's envisioning a different future. She realizes that neither timeline nor the future vision have anything wrong with them. She just needs to factor in that Steven's growing up. Uh, Steven agrees, but states that it's only because he's trying to be more like Garnet. Uh, she always knows what to do. Garnet denies this, but then slightly confirms it when she catches one of the one eyes. She catches one of the cats without looking at it because Garnet does in fact still see the future. Um, Garnet then says that she wants to adopt the kitten, citing that uh, there's something about her and that she's missed having someone cute and vulnerable to take care of. Garnet strokes the cats and decides to call uh, call her Steven. When Steven asks if that's going to be confusing, Garnet's like, oh yeah, that's probably true. I'm going to name you Cat, Steven. <laughs> um, Vidalia arrives back with a painting of Garnet and Steven. Um, Steven, uh, Vidalia says that she fudged it a little bit, but she thinks she, she pretty much captured their essence. She then shows them the portrait, and they both gasp in delight. Later at the beach house, Cat Steven is asleep atop a sleeping lion in Steven's room, and the Steven Garnet portrait is now uh, leaning against his bed, star wipe the end. Oh, Garnet. <laughs> the... Uh, Steven Universe occasionally when it's like, we're going to get deep in the fucking sci-fi shit. Love it. Is this really sci-fi shit, though? I don't feel like this is this is necessarily sci-fi shit. I feel like when they they explain like they get uh, they pour coffee on the ground to explain branching timelines, it gets pretty sci-fi. Yeah. Sci fantasy, but yeah, I mean, boy howdy, does does Steven Universe get into like the 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 speculative fiction aspect of its roots? <laughs> love love to use cartoon people as a metaphor for existential dread, right? I mean, it's real like. I've seen a lot of shows where there's time travel and they don't do as good a job as this does of like turning that thing, like turning time travel into a, a usable metaphor for storytelling. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who. Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. I'm saying it. Steven Universe better than Doctor Who. I feel like I'm genetically obligated to fight you on that one. Mm-hmm. 
seeing as how like my legal name is also that of a Doctor Who character. <laughs> but uh Yeah, no. <laughs> I I mean I see the thing is with Doctor Who, the point was never about like the the function of time travel. And with Steven Universe, the point isn't about the function of time travel. The point is about like perspective and using that perspective and and the information that you've gathered to make educated j- guesses um and that kind of thing. So I mean it's the time travel isn't the point. No, no, it's not the point. I'm just saying Steven Universe did it better than Doctor than literally any Doctor Who episode. But they're not <laughs> trying to do the same things. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Garnet uh, is so relatable. Yeah, it's sometimes true. you've just got to have a midlife crisis and start doing random shit until you can figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. It's true, and sometimes you have that midlife crisis when you're thirty. And sometimes you use that midlife crisis as an excuse excuse to d- adopt a pet. It's true. I love Cat Steven. Cat Steven very adorable. Cat Steven is very good. Um, they just, they were like, what's the cutest version of a cat we can draw? And I feel like they drew Cat Steven. They're like, how do we make it cuter? Give it only one eye. And you're like, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It lends a certain air of vulnerability to it. True. Um, the, I, this is a nut, like, so, because I know what's coming up next, it, this like these three episodes are really just like everybody's grown and changed so much. Um, everything's actually going pretty good. You know what I mean? Just uh, in time for everything to go to shit, right? Yeah, everything's about to go to shit in just an unbelievably big way. Mm-hmm. Um... It's really, like, very calm before the stormy, like, going on in Steven Universe right now. And, I mean, what it is is they're like, okay, well, we're about to move into Endgame. Let's time to fucking tie all the fucking loose ends up. Like, there Mm -hmm. is no season after this. It is time to put a bow on everything. Which I appreciate. Like, like, it's nice that for a show to, like, well, okay, you know, well, we know this the end is coming. So... It's always been a show about relationships and people. So we're going to make sure that all of our people have like a satisfying conclusion to their stories. Yeah. And I feel no, like at this point, sense. everybody has, except for the couple of the storylines that will be wrapped up. Like, um, you know, we haven't we haven't sussed out what's going on with Lapis and Peridot yet. Um, and we haven't uh, we haven't resolved the bismuth question yet. But those do get resolved, you know. Mm-hmm. But as for as for side characters, or I guess like the C characters, I don't know. Sadie and Lars are pretty much B characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess as far as the townies go, like they 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 use up until like literally next step, like the next you know letters to Lars, like it is all just like. Let's wrap up the townies and show how the world has changed and evolved and use this as a metaphor about Steven 
changing and growing up. So they do. I, I and I like this as like the th this is also we're completing like the the next like because like Ameth arguably Amethyst's character arc has been completed for almost a season at this point. Like Amethyst kind of hit like hit her like main point of catharsis in the like uh in season four. That's when Yeah. Yeah. And like and it's not like she's not here and we get to see we will get to see some of that on display, but uh you know, Amethyst's story has pretty much ended. And not ended, but, you know, come to a, a good conclusion. Like Amethyst, uh, yeah. you know, learned how to deal with her her issues of self-doubt and is a much more confident and grounded and well-rounded person who loves to be a plunger. <laughs> um, Amethyst loves to turn to toilets and plungers. I'm not going to read into it, but, you know, all the notes no. are there, y'all. No. Yep. I'm not no. wrong. August. I'm just brave enough to say it. No. <laughs> you coward. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, in this, but this is, like, helping us kind of, like, both grow Steven through perspective and kind of, like, make make very clear the changes that have happened to his character. Like, they're like, all right, we're about to move into the end game where no one's going to have a quiet moment to comment on how, how much Steven has grown, and we really need to comment about how much Steven has grown. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, like, scary it is as a parent to, like, move into this, like, time in your kid's life when they start needing you less and you don't, re like, and it, it's really easy to know what to do, like, with a kid kid, right? Like, it's very grounded, straightforward. All right, I've got to take care of this person. You know, this person relies on me for everything. And when they start, like, wanting and needing more independence, it's hard to know uh, how to – it's hard for initially to, like, let go and then also figure out, like, how – because it's not like they don't 100% need you anymore. They just need you – less <laughs> and or not maybe less but in a different way and to different degrees mm -hmm. and it's hard to like navigate those particular waters so helps to get a cat or an animal I think <laughs> yeah much better to, to get an animal than like continue to try to impose your view of your child onto them and be mad at them that they don't match up to what you want them to be. Yeah. I don't think Garnet's necessarily mad that Steven no. doesn't match up to that. It's just like, you know, it's... No, no, no. Yeah. Just trying to find your... Trying to find what the new... What the new paradigm is. Yeah. And sometimes you just need a pet. You need to ask your landlord if you can have a pet. Should go ask yep. your landlord if you can get a dog. <laughs> At any rate, mm -hmm. um, I 
now that we're not being serious anymore, um, God, the the whole paint me like one of your amethysts mm-hmm. was a uh, chef kiss. I mean, Garnet um, knows amethyst. she can see the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amethyst and Vidalia definitely fucking. Um, also, I just want to note that uh, humans are pursuit predators, so. As long as you keep pursuing that cat and don't lose sight of it, you can definitely, uh, definitely hunt it down. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, they do lose sight of the cat, though. Eh, details. Um. I also like the the uh, the um, the painting of Garnet and uh, Steven sticks around pretty much all the way through Steven Universe future. Oh, nice. That is a fucking incredible portrait of the two of them. It really is. It's very good. Um... Yeah, it's just like another again another like this is a this is going to be breezy week. <laughs> <laughs> giving us a breather before fucking next time, so. Yeah. All right, but I don't know if I have anything else for pool hopping here. No, I mean it's Garnet's Garnet's particular brand of existential dread is is very relatable mm-hmm. at this point in my life. So um definitely glad that they're you know, they're the 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 messaging in this particular episode, I think that they um you know, it's important stuff for for a younger audience to hear, but also the messaging for this episode is definitely something that is also meant to benefit like the older members of the audience, I think. Yeah, for sure. Like, this feels like an episode... They made an episode pointed at the parents watching the cartoon with their kids. Yes. 100%. Um, alrighty. Okay. Well, next up is episode 144, Letters to Lars. Came out on April the 30th. Written by Lamar Abrams and Colin Howard. Steven writes about the latest news in Beach City. Yeah. Also a pretty breezy episode, so... uh, I feel like it would be so too... um, Too narrow-casted if they talked about Mayor Dewey in in the synopsis. While traveling through space, the off-colors and Lars are, I guess... The description says they're at the the flutanium deposits on the asteroids of they're they're basically we pick up where we left them off like getting deposits to be able to fix their ship and shit like that which is that stated in the episode i don't remember them talking about it i don't remember either yeah oh well i mean (laughs) um but uh popping out of lars's head is a letter from steven um 
Uh, basically, it informs uh, Lars about the goings-on in Beach City. He talks about how the Big Donut's been closed because Sadie's been on tour with Sadie Killer and the Suspects. Um, we get a shot of uh, Steven re- informing Ronaldo about how Lars is lost in space, and Ronaldo is so fucking jealous because he wants to be in space. Um, and then also we get to see sad almost certainly drunk Mayor Dewey for the first time this episode. <laughs> um, we cut to, uh, to Fish Stew Pizza where Nanafwa, uh, Stephen talks about how Nanafwa has replaced Mayor Dewey. Um, they're building in a, like a crisis plan for Beach City. Um, big reveal here is that Se- Pearl has a fucking cell phone, baby. Um, and Kiki is going to, I guess, show her how to use it pretty well. Um, Greg offers to buy a high-powered telescope, uh, to put at the lighthouse so they can keep an eye on the skies for any impending danger, which, uh, Ronaldo immediately throws in. Why is Ronaldo at this meeting? What strategic purpose does Ronaldo have? Yeah, what strategic purpose does Ronaldo have, period? Like, why is Ronaldo? Yeah, maybe he's just eating here. (laughs) He just happens to be here. I don't know. Uh, but also, I mean, I get why Mayor Dewey is here. Like, because, like, maybe he has some sort of ins. Like, he, you know, this may be still in the transitional period of, like, getting Nanafwa up to speed as mayor, you know? Like, I get his theoretical reason why Mary Dewey would be here, but I do not understand why Ronaldo is here. Um, but anyways, uh... We find soon everybody has a role in the plan, except for Mayor Dewey, who's very fucking sad. He's just the saddest boy. Um, we talk about Sadie Kill and the suspects are doing a uh, preparing for a big fucking show at Beach City. Um, Stephen hopes that Lars is going to be home in time to see it. Uh, we catch a rehearsal uh, where the band is doing their performance. They're talking about chainsaws and then sad drunk Mayor Dewey comes out in a bed. She's like, I'm a ghost. And Buck is like, uh, Please, Dad, kindly fuck off into the sun. Um, <laughs> and uh, Mayor Dewey is very sad. Uh, then we talk about Jamie, who has established a thriving theater community here. I I forgot a thing in cartoon news. We'll talk about it here once I get done with this. But remind me about theater in Steven Universe, okay? Okay. Um, he also has an improv troupe called the Beach City Laugh Guards that consists of Barb, Amethyst, himself, Peridot, somehow. <laughs> um, and, uh, is that all that's in the Beach City Laugh Guards? No. Oh, and Mr. Smiley. I forgot because he doesn't say anything. Um, the only two people in attendance are Steven and Pearl. Uh, Apparently, Pearl also only gives the the uh, improv suggestion of Stephen, uh, ultimate mom Pearl. <laughs> um, and uh, they do a, a fun little bit about a plumber. Um, and uh, but then Mayor Dewey kind of comes in in the middle of the scene. Um, and everybody's like, oh, fuck, Mayor Dewey's here. And so Jamie just sort of cuts the scene early. Um. 
So uh, Greg still has a lot of money after buying a telescope for the lighthouse. Uh, he just has an unbelievable amount of money, and so he's trying out some rich people sports. Uh, he's practicing uh, with Garnet, where we get the fabulous line from Garnet, being rich has made you soft as she assaults him with tennis balls. <laughs> um, Mayor Dewey tries to join in, but he gets hit in the fucking face. It's very sad. Um, we get an upgrad- update on Beach City Underground Wrestling. Um, it seems that the Marmalade Boys, uh, that the, their tag team has broken up and they fought each other in a Marmalade match. Uh, the Concrete Heat lost to the Wolf of Wall Street in a steel cage match. And the good-looking guys lost their tag team titles to the Sea Wasp in Sharkomania. I would like to update you that uh, August and I are still the podcasting tag team champions. No one has taken this singular belt from us as a tag team. <laughs> um, no one has stepped up to the challenge. Uh, <laughs> it's a real belt. I didn't just I didn't just copy the logo of the Beach City tag team titles by putting a piece of paper up to my monitor. This is a real belt. Um, uh, Petey has also started a food truck. He started a little tater tot truck. Um, and it's very obvious initially, but I feel like the first time you watch it, you don't realize that it's the Mirmobile. And then when they say it's the Mirmobile, you're like, oh, shit, it is the Mirmobile. Because <laughs> they've just painted Mayor Dewey's head to look like a fucking tater tot. <laughs> and there's a great shot where Steven, like, as it's like, um, PD is talking about how basically no one gives a shit about Mayor Dewey. Steven re- leans around the corner to see Mayor Dewey listening to all of this. And he's just so fucking depressed, Mayor Dewey. Steven finally catches up with Mayor Dewey, and they have a talk, and Mayor Dewey's like, listen, I know that the town has made their decision, and I understand that, but man, I miss being mayor. That was, like, basically my whole identity. I miss the routine. I miss being needed by people. Like, you know, I wasn't... He doesn't say this, but it's not like he was the greatest mayor, but, like, you know, he he had a connection to the community in his own way. Um... And he's like, I, you know, the me and this donut shop, we're, we're the same because we're both hollow and dead inside or whatever. I can't remember exactly what he says. And then Steven has a fucking great idea. Mayor Dewey now runs the Big Donut. The Big Donut's back open, baby. Um, and it's run by Mayor Dewey. Every donut is some kind of Dewey. Uh, also, I think Mayor Dewey hits on bar, but she seems into it. So that's cool, I guess. Um... They also named a donut after Lars, the pink Lars. It's a pink donut with pink sprinkles. Um, Lars finishes the letter only uh, with the camera pulling back with Lars saying, you know, you didn't have to. If you wrote me a letter, why did you uh, read it to me? As he pull, we pull back and we see Steven's leaning out of uh, Ren- or not Ronaldo, but um, Lars's head. And he's like, I don't know why you wrote this to me. I don't know who half these people are. Like, who the fuck is Peridot? And Steven's like, Peridot's somebody who misses you quite a bit. Well, actually, I don't know. Wait, did you two ever meet? You're going to have to meet when you get there. And Lars is like, thanks for the letter, Steven. Star wipe at the end. God. <laughs> this is really just like, they we're going around Beach City and we're wrapping up everyone's storyline. Let's wrap it up, baby. Yeah. So I want to tell you a fun little story. Mm -hmm. So I was watching these episodes with Anya and I was taking notes on my phone as I do. Mm -hmm. And uh, when this episode uh, came on and uh, 
was very very early in the episode Ronaldo appears and starts bitching and uh, Anya was like god I hate Ronaldo <laughs> and I paused the episode and showed them my phone where I had been taking episode uh, episode notes and <laughs> the first note I have is god I hate Ronaldo <laughs> and the second note I have is in all caps god I hate Ronaldo <laughs> I just wanted to share that fun little story with everyone and about how my my partner and I, my fiance and I are are drift compatible sometimes. <laughs> I do also think it's funny that Pearl now owns a cell phone when she herself used to be a cell phone. <laughs> uh, Pearl could have been a really fancy iPod. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I do love the, I do, I do love like Pearl is like, she's so good with technology, but doesn't understand cell phones. It's a very good bit. It's such a good bit. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's just. So like she she has not typically expressed from from what I can remember she hasn't typically expressed much interest in human technology that cannot easily be mapped onto gym technology she's already familiar with like rocket science she's interested in just in general because rocket science is rocket science but you know Capacitive touchscreens don't probably don't exist in uh, the gym universe or mm-hmm. the gym uh, home world, not gym universe. Jesus. Um, although obviously gyms must be able to use capacitive touchscreens if she's able to use a cell phone. So, hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, they project a hard light. So, like, we've also seen them get electrocuted. True, true. So that means they are in some way conductive or can be conductive. Hmm. Um,. Best not to think too hard about it, yeah, honestly. Probably not. <laughs> um, on a scale of uh, like one to like uh, one to ten, how day drunk is Mayor Dewey through this entire episode? Uh, Seven ish. Yeah, yeah. He's still got a Seven ish. He's still very functional. Yeah, he's he's functional, but he's also obviously day drunk. So mm-hmm. it's like. 10 is blackout. Right. I think five is, you know, he can hold it together, but seven ish is like he can function, but he's very clearly not holding it together. So, yeah, that's my official stance. Um, I love his, you know, I love we've that we've got these back-to-back episodes about midlife crises, and they both involve the person having the midlife crisis working at the Big Donut. Right. <laughs> uh, where you go? Oh. Where you go when you're sad? The Big Donuts. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, you didn't remind me, but I remembered. So, oh, I read a comic. I read one of the Steven Universe comics that I hadn't seen uh, before. And it's uh-huh. called, hold on a second. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, yeah okay so it's called steven universe it's a trade paperback it's not like a comic comic um it's called steven universe camp pining play (laughs) and okay dot and lapis uh discover a camp pining hearts a fan fiction that they just fall in love with that was secretly written by lars and they decide to put on a live action performance of it holy shit and it's uh it's very it is very good and it's very much like Lapidot Real. <laughs> the whole comic is. Oh my god. Fucking incredible. Um is it's extremely cute. Uh and also like helps flesh out a little bit of like uh, cause like it, it seems to happen if I had to guess about a timeline, I think it happens sometime in season four because mm-hmm. Lars is not pink and Lars and Sadie are working at the big donut in it. So, but it seems late enough, like the way that the, the things are built, it seems like it's just before like the whole home world situation. Mm hmm. Um, and, uh, very, very good. It's a very great. I like that comic quite a bit. The art can be a little weird, but I don't care. (laughs) I watched this show. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I was, Um, I was about to say. Um, the, the, the art has like a very manga feel to it. Like where the Mm -hmm. characters are super elastic, which doesn't bother me at all. So. Um, but yeah, uh, Jesus, the, the Marimobile tot thing. That's so brutal. It's so, (laughs) so brutal. (laughs) Mayor Dewey found dead slain by 10 year old, 90 year old man. (laughs) I love that they're, they're, they're like, I love that. That, that that Petey's dad believes in his son enough to buy him a food truck. I'm sure they, they got it for a good deal, f- but like. Well, OK, they didn't. Is that he said that they pretty much gave it to him, but admittedly, it did have to be retrofitted to be a food truck. Yeah, yeah. You so, can't yeah, just, like his dad. Yeah, the Miramobile didn't have a fryer in it. Yeah. So. Although, like. You know, it could be one of those things where it's like, you know, humor the kid and and he'll like, you know, he'll either flounder, in which case, hey, we've got a food truck that we can use now, or B, the kid will actually be successful, in which case, hey, two income streams. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> um, tots are the future for us. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, which is true. I honestly prefer tots over fries. If I had to make the choice. Like standard french fry versus standard tater tot. I prefer tater tots. 
Fair. Um, now, there are a couple of different kinds. The, the thing is, there's not many variations on tater tot, and there's so many variations on french fry, though. Yeah, you basically have regular tater tot, tater tot fried so it's extra crispy, or sweet potato tot. I don't like sweet potato tots. Sweet potato tots are great if they're a dessert. Like, you you sprinkle them with a little, like, cinnamon sugar and dump them in a caramel sauce. See, I don't, like, I don't like sweet potato. I don't like uh, a, a sweet presentation of a sweet potato. I prefer savory applications of a sweet potato. Nah. We'll have to agree to disagree on this one. No, we've got to fight to the death on this one, August. <laughs> Okay, I'll be I'll be up and I'll be up and later this month for Anya to do dress trying on so we can fight to the death while they're doing that. Sounds good. Um, Yeah. uh, I like the end, the little end conceit where uh, also I feel like made canon. They only show one Beach City tag team title in the show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm looking at the screenshot of like the the whatever sea wasp and the sharkomaniac yeah uh, and they're only holding the one belt yeah it's it's their get-along belt <laughs> um i also i do deeply appreciate that amethyst is still going with steven to do the thing that they did together like that's very sweet what i'm glad they're still so remember when Steven was sad that they don't do wrestling together anymore and so Garnet or not Garnet Amethyst uh was like I'm sorry bro I didn't realize it meant so much to you and so Steven and Amethyst are going to watch wrestling together. Oh they're together watching wrestling. I didn't even notice that they were in the crowd. <laughs> it focuses on Steven and he's on Amethyst's shoulders. Oh I didn't even my, somehow my brain just did not catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven's in the crowd on Amethyst's shoulders in one of the crowd shots. It's really cute. It's very that's very cute. Um the But yeah, I also the little end joke that Steven has just been sticking out of Lars's head reading the letter over his shoulder, very cute. Yes, that is absolutely adorable. Very Steven. Um I mean, honestly, though, like, that's it. I don't have any deep, deep seated. Yeah, this is not like a deep episode, but it's like this is this is a big like this is like a a final lap before the shit hits. Yeah, that that's fair, because that is this episode feels like a final lap. Like it's got big near the end of the season vibes. Mm-hmm, Which is mm-hmm. funny because it's not near the end of the season. There's still ten episodes left in the season, but goddamn, what ten episodes? <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's more. There's like fourteen episodes. It's only halfway. Huh. Holy God, what a halfway point! Oh my God, it's just like the 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 brick is gonna fall on the accelerator at this point. Mm-hmm. So. So we've got some other stuff like I guess it's these are all the least dramatic storylines to wrap up and then the drama comes. Um, but yeah. 
Anything else on uh, Letters to Lars? I cannot think of anything. Okay. Well. We did have uh, some questions slash comments, though, in the Discord. Let's get to that. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's Sean. Uh, From Sean and Nico both. Yes. Uh, Sean says about the big show, Buck Dewey is in it for the drama. (laughs) I also uh, like uh, the way the show portrays complicated parental relationships. It is. It's good. It shows like like a lot of times. I mean, outside of Greg, who they present as like a pretty solid dad, but like he's he's a guy who's trying his best. And we see a number of times where Greg feels like he's floundering or doesn't have the right answer. But he has the wherewithal when he I think the key thing about Greg is when he doesn't know what he's doing, he goes out and he seeks help in doing it. Or when he fucks up, he owns up to it because mm-hmm. like we do have it was back in what season one where he pretended that he was still injured. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that was a major fuck up, but mm-hmm. he owned up to it and did his best to never do that again. Mm-hmm. But then also we see like an evolution of other parental relationships, in particular Connie with her parents. Um, Sour cream with yellowtail. Mm-hmm. Barb and Sadie. Yeah. So, I mean, hell, even like Petey and his dad, even though they yeah. arguably had the best relationship. <laughs> um. But yeah, they do a very, also, yes, Buck Dewey is very much in it for the drama. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and Nico says, I would love a whole album of Sadie Killer and the Suspect songs. Uh, Ghost gave me chills the first time I saw it. Yeah, I want a whole album of it, too. Yeah, I mean, so it is said that, uh, like, Sean commented on that or later, is that those are all available on the soundtrack volume, too. All of the cur- all of the Sadie Killer and Suspect songs that exist. Yeah, but I want more. Let me tell you that that's not like they didn't invent a genre. <laughs> I know, but there's there's a difference between like wanting a genre and wanting more of a very specific style done by very specific people. Yeah. If you're if you're a person who's like, man, I really like the vibe of Sadie Kill and the Suspects. I would like more music like that. Let me tell you about an entire genre called death rock. Um, That is basically that. Honestly, a lot of Misfits songs, too. <laughs> hmm. um, though Death Rock is Jesus. probably what you want to uh, want to get into. Frankly, Sadie Killing Suspects is more like ska dub influenced, but. Not exactly ska, but like has that reggaeton. Jeez, uh, I can't pronounce it because I was yawning halfway through like reggaeton. Um like early dub vibes to it um it's also the police <laughs> if you like Sadie Killer the suspects um uh pool hopping Sean says random uh random garden it definitely feels like a ruby idea um If this isn't the first time she's done something like this, maybe Random Garnet is the origin of the dog nut. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't think... <laughs> Garnet, like, oh, no, Garnet would probably do a war crime. 
Yeah, Garnet's probably done war crimes. Like, yeah. I feel like all of the Crystal Gems have committed war crimes at some point in their I lives. I think Amethyst has. I think she's committed regular crime. Okay, yeah. You're probably right on that one. Yeah. I feel like you have to be involved in war. <laughs> and Garnet, or in Amethyst hasn't, re- like, avoided the war. But she did do crimes, yeah, but, obviously. So... So so here's the thing, though. At one point, we see Amethyst wearing an old-timey soldier's outfit. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that Amethyst has participated in a human war and committed human war crimes. <laughs> human, alien-human war criminal. <laughs> yes. Crystal gem. Yes, that's exactly it. Um... um Honestly, I think the random, like, if you had to, like, synthesize, I feel like the random Garnet, like, is a a very key synthesis between the two characters' feelings of, like, uh, of um, Sapphire being really lost and not being able to rely on this, this power that she's come to, you know, that, you know, she was born with, that she's always had, and... Ruby trying to find like a fast, aggressive solution to that to like to stop the bad vibes from happening. Mm. I think that's a solid observation. I mean, I think you're. I think oh, you're yeah. probably fundamentally right that like it is from the more Ruby end of the uh, of the thought process spectrum. Hmm. Um. And Nico said. Mm-hmm. Cat Steven with three exclamation points. Uh, accurate. Very true. Um, also, I love how Garnet eventually realizes that she needs to change how she thinks about Steven. I think a lot of parents never really realize their kid won't stay the same forever, and it was just a nice moment. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's also hard, it, you know, like, it, it's hard for parents to, like, it's hard to make the shift when your kids are growing up. Like, cause the shifts yeah. come way faster than you think they do. <laughs> but like, it is nice that Garnet realized that there was a shift. And then finally, Oh, Sean says about letters to Lars, uh, Ronaldo watches too much isekai. Um, yes. But does anyone actually own the big donut? No, the big, I, uh, cause like, yeah, I guess like Sean brings up a good point that at the end, it seems as though Mayor Dewey owns the big donut. Cause he names, I don't think, so I think the beach city franchise of the big donut has just been lost and it, it, it's like an office space. Like the one guy who gets like moved to the basement, the like the stapler guy, like corporate basically forgets about him. I think that's the Beach City Big Donut is that corporate has forgotten it's there, but it's on the book. So it still gets the like it still gets all the shipments and stuff like that. But like corporate doesn't understand that like it, it it's workings anymore. Like no one ever comes out to do a performance review on the Beach City Big Donut. Beach City Big Donut. It's it so it's like it's like that that 
urban legend that if your roommate commits suicide, you get all A's that semester. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Beach City Big Donut, because they had that nuclear incident, uh, they don't get audited anymore because it's just, (laughs) you know, they they lost an employee like that. (laughs) They get a pass. Corporate doesn't want to try. They're like, listen, if we just ignore them, we won't get sued. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, all right, motherfuckers, it's here. Next week, for me in August, not for you, two weeks for you, whatever, fuck it. Um, it's happening. Episodes, we are covering episodes 145, 146, and 147. Can't go back a single pale rose, and now we're only falling apart. Um, we have hit single pale rose territory, folks. I have for two years, I have kept the details of this episode hidden from August. And finally, that burden will be lifted from me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. Oh, it's going to be a motherfucker. Get your questions in, because I know you motherfuckers are going to have opinions about it. So hit us up on Twitter. If you're hitting us up on Twitter, please like. I know you can't spoiler tag, so just at us and like put near the top spoilers. Um, Go to our Discord if you want us to read your questions from our Discord. You can join our Discord, too. We've got a great community there. Um, We have... Tons of really fun people to hang out with. Um, And that's honestly, that's it. Like it, it, the fucking we are rapidly moving into the fucking end game. Like we have. Let's see. Hold on a second. Let me do some counting here. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Yeah. One, two, three. Are we doing? Um, hold on a second. <laughs> One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two. Oh, right. We were doing reunited. Um, that's right. Because reunited is the marriage episode, and it's a double length episode. That's why we're only doing two that week. My bad. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Um, so yeah, we've got one, two, three, four episodes left in this season. Season five is rapidly coming to an end. We've got to commission Lou. <laughs> we got to do yep. it ahead of time this time. Yep. Um, on the plus side, I do have the idea for the season for the, the, the future logo. Um, already worked out, but okay um but yeah uh yeah fucking let's the 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 wheel is spinning rapidly towards the end of the main series uh it's gonna be a good one but the, the big fucking hit it's about to hit we cannot cannot wait to to we're going to be able to power 
we're, we're I'm going to find the solution to clean energy next week when we record. It's going to be August's hatred for rose quartz. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, we've saved the dying planet through hate. <laughs> we got it, guys. We figured it out. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Sure have. Uh, alrighty. I believe it's my turn this time. Is there anything going on that we want to talk about slash plug? Not re- We've been recording for two hours, August. You're right. <laughs> we have been. It's it's me month. Let's let's just fucking end this right let's now. Let's end this. We're we're it, 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 it's <laughs> it, it's you it's you first. It's time to get off this shit. Yeah. Um. I believe it's my turn though All this right. time because I did kill you last time. Yes, yeah. you you did in fact kill me yeah. last time. So, um, listener, I implore you to be like Cookie Cat and say fuck you to carpetbagger piece of shits from Texas. <laughs> Peace. Peace.